what up? What's going on, Alex? Everybody in the chat. Nelly, what up? Man, I did all that moving around and downloaded the video and still put on the wrong, still uploaded the wrong one. Super goofy. On the wrong, you focus, sorry, you focused on the wrong one? No, I, I don't know if anybody caught it in the beginning. There was just a different thumbnail during the countdown than there was supposed to be. I totally spaced Oh, it. I thought it was just a new thumbnail. I don't know. <laughs> man and good, good. It's, 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 that, it's that hurricane you had. Messed you all up a couple of weeks ago. Man, that was wild. That was wild. But uh, yeah, what up, everybody? So let's see who's up in the chat. We got Bakes in the house. What up? Emil, shout out to Toronto. Carl in the house. Let's go. Minnesota Marty in the house. What up? What up? Not my brother Marty. Not my brother Marty. <laughs> All right. And Bogey will be in here soon. Today, we are covering this is one of my favorite football movies of all time. The replacements. We're talking Keanu Reeves. We're talking Gene Hackman, Orlando Jones. It was pretty That's awesome. Name, Orlando Jones. I kept thinking, Orlando what? Orlando what? Smith? What? Get it? What do you remember him from in '90s pop culture? You remember him from anything? Joanna Man. Oh, Joanna Man. All right. You That's know what? what I always Joanna Man. Mad TV. I remember him from that. But he was the seven up guy. Do you remember? Make seven up yours. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. It was a huge commercial for like years and years. And they did like multiple renditions of the commercial. They made the t-shirt. It was make seven on the front and it said up yours on the back. Oh, man, I don't remember that. I remember him from Juana Man. What up, Chris? Multiple movies. He's very recognizable. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And plays a funny character in this movie, too. Clifford Franklin, the fast guy who can't catch. And real funny how, you know, this this type of character keeps coming back in these football movies. <laughs> a lot of correlations between this movie and a few of the other movies that we've talked about. So oh, kind of, along, along the way, and Marty shouting out Nelson, along the way. Hey, Marty! Along the way, we will be just talking about those correlations. And how about really the way that it starts is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he gets up. He's looking at the water. You can kind of tell he looks like he's on some kind of boat. And this is literally like how necessary roughness. You yeah, know, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat, literally the opening like seconds of the movie is the exact same you know, different setting, obviously, but exact same as necessary roughness. You know what? It's there was a treatment, and then there was a submission to the guild of a script that it was copied and slightly changed, altered from one movie uh, house, what Merrimax maybe, or one of those big guys, right? I don't say, I'm not say it's Merrimax, but it's an example. And the Warner, other Warner, and the, this the other, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yeah, sometimes these movies don't get the same concept. Then one studio will say, we'll come out with the first one. We'll come out with first. I don't know if they talk to each other, but they know that it's going down the pipeline on one of them. Yeah. And then they say, we got a similar script, and they'll just put them out and compete. Yeah. You know, who's got the best cloud or cache or whatever you want to call it? Canaries opposed to Black Bacula? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yet Bacula was still no joke because he had a quantum leap going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Canada had a bunch of movies too. Well, The Matrix, obviously, yeah. was done in 97. 
uh-huh. this is 2000. Yeah. Matrix 98, 99, maybe 99. I think it was like right before this. Oh, you're right. I think it was 99. Yeah. Man. I worked yeah. with Carrie Ann Moss one time before it came out. And that was in, I worked with her in 96, 90, 96. I was, I got, I was doing background work. There's a show she did called Love. Oh no, she was on Models Inc. There was a show she did with. Remember that Thirty Something that show TV show. I don't think so. Or something. She did some oh, TV. 30 Rock, 30 Rock from the Sun. No, before that, called okay. Thirty Something, late '80s, early '90s. Okay. Called they were in the Thirty Something. I think it was called. The main guy from that. He was quite a well-known actor in the '80s, early '90s. I don't remember his name, but. He did a, a TV show with her, Carrie Ann Moss, and his other blonde chick. And I was doing background work back then, right? Okay. I remember doing a scene with her, got talking to her, as me and this other guy. And her all day, she was cool. And we were background, so I was like, hey, she's talking to me. Because <laughs> back then, you know, she's a star of the show. They don't really talk to background actors much. But then when you're doing like, when there's one of two, one or two of you, then, you know, you, you know, in a scene out like that, there's 20 of you, it's different. Right. But, one or two, I think you get chatting between takes and stuff like that. Right. It was cool. So a little background on this movie. So it came out in 2000, right? The, the turn of the millennium and the budget. It's crazy because like you tell me this, this has to be a win, right? Nelson, the budget was 50 million box office, 50.1 million. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a winner. <laughs> I'm surprised it was that much. But then again, effects, stadium, they're quite the locations, right? Yeah, this was like one that. of those this was one of those ones. I mean, I wonder how much it would have cost to like if the NFL would have let them license, you know, the names and all that. But that's why they're using the fake names. They did not get this licensed with the NFL. So that's why they're the Washington Sentinels. Washington Sentinels don't exist. Right. And it's crazy because a lot of these movies that were coming out like any given Sunday, they wouldn't NFL wouldn't do it either. They they wouldn't license anything. It's because they're talking about a lot of controversial stuff, you know, in here. I don't think the NFL wants to talk about like player strikes, <laughs> you know, like how the, the players are underpaid and stuff like that. And in 1987, they actually did have replacement players playing for that one year, the majority of one year. And we almost had, then we had a little bit of a lockout a couple years after this as well. Yeah, I remember the lockout. Yeah. I do, I do. Yeah, it didn't, I mean, didn't affect things much at the time, but yeah, I think it just changed the schedule about a week or two. And that was about it. And the players got paid more as they should. Yeah, it didn't last that long, the lockout. Like three months or something? I think so. Yeah, it was a lot. It, it was kind of like through training camp and then everything pretty much got started when it was supposed to still, I'm pretty sure. There was yeah, just no training so. camp, no preseason games and stuff like that. Ah, Bakes a lot said, watch the commanders turn into the, into the Sentinels. That would be trippy. That'd be awesome. But you know what? I wonder, does Warner Brothers own the likeness to the Washington Sentinels at this point? Since they created this movie, they created that name. What do you what do you, what do you think, Nelson? With that, would that would that be like a Warner Brothers thing where they own the IP Washington Sentinels because they created it? 
I think so. Yeah, because it's, it'd be, be their fictitious business name. Yeah. And they come out with, they use it in business in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they probably, they're probably getting up selling it to them. Right. It's funny because that, that goes back to, like the, to the Mighty Ducks. Remember that? Yeah, for sure. That came out, the movie, and then they were trying to figure out what to name the Anaheim franchise, and they they were undecided. Yeah. And then they joked about it. I remember Phil Esposito. Remember him? Uh-huh. Played a big hockey player in the 60s and 70s. He was saying he was a manager or something by the time, by the early 90s, and he said, Come on, they're not going to call them the Mighty Ducks. Don't worry yeah. about it. Because in Canada, they didn't like it. We thought it was kind of a blasphemy to the NHL. Even when they changed the divisions, they didn't like that. The, the, the divisions used to be called like the Smythe Division, Norris, division, all these different divisions. And then they changed it to West, the West, Western Conference. I don't really remember the conference names, but they changed it to the West and the East, and it's just so generic, right? Yeah. So when they came to naming the Ducks, it's kind of a joke. They were gonna call them the Ducks. Yeah. But then the show that was called uh, the movie was called Mighty Ducks. Yeah. And then now I, you know, I don't know if they're called the Mighty Ducks, the Ducks now. Are they called the Ducks? I think they just called the Ducks. Let's see. I, I don't. Mean, think, so I don't. Think they, I don't think they can use the Mighty Ducks unless they bought it off of Disney. I'm pretty sure Disney owned that team at one point. Or something. Um, to that, or something to that nature. It was. I don't um, remember. Yeah, they're just the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, because I don't think they could be called the Mighty Ducks because they couldn't use the name. Yeah, see, so the team was founded by the Walt Disney Company in 93. Yeah, but, in the 90s, they got that released. So it was 93 to 96. That's when, and I think they must have sold or something at that point. They called the Mighty Ducks back then? Yeah. For three years, right? Yeah, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Yeah, and then they changed it to the Ducks, right? Let me see, I... Doesn't really say when they actually changed it on here. What's funny, you would think they changed the names just arbitrarily. Oh, they just changed the name, but a lot of the reason they changed the names is because of legal problems, legal issues, you know. Yeah. Or social issues like the Washington Redskins to what are they called now? The Washington Commanders. Commanders. And now you had some I read just briefly on Google just within five days ago. That some Indian chiefs wants to wants to, the Redskins back. He wants them to be called the Redskins. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Man. I think they were the ones that wanted to it the Redskins to be stopped. Yeah. So. Oh man. I'm not sure. Man. <laughs> and Mowgli, what up? What up, Mowgli? Come over to the fort, the Fantasy Football Hustler Network. And uh, what I'm so quiet over at the SSB, man. Yeah, but hey, we got 104 subs now. 104. Woo woo. Oh, yeah. We got two more than we had last week. Heck yeah. And Devo, what up? He said, What up, y'all? The JJ jersey came in today. Thanks, us. Yeah, Devo won the Justin Jefferson signed jersey raffle a couple weeks ago. Two weeks ago. All right, back to the replacements. So the whole premise of this movie is the players are going to strike. In the beginning of the movie, I, like we said, Keanu comes out on the boat. It's, I wonder if to change it around, they were like, no, no, no. If he's like throwing above water, it, it's too close to what they did in Necessary Roughness. So they have him go underwater and, and find really his, own, like, 
his old trophy or whatever, and he gets the ball off the trophy and underwater does simulates the kind of what is it called? Very nostalgic, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's funny how Keanu Reeves has the same backstory in multiple multiple movies where he's like the quarterback from Ohio State, got his knee blown out, you know, and this and Point Break, he has the exact same backstory. Because the reason why I like sports and they like to cast me in these characters. (laughs) That's why. And those roles tend to fit me. And yeah, Alex, I think that's right. (laughs) How's that? How's that? That's my Reese impression. Spot on. Let's give it a ding. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Uh, It's good to be on the show tonight. <laughs> so he what I was watching the the making of the replacements and he was talking about how the way that he kind of studied for this like at least his quarterback aneurysms and all that he watched every single Super Bowl and he said he was watching all these QBs from like the past and he was getting all these tapes from uh, NFL films and he had 40 or 50 tapes he said and he pretty much studied all the greats and that's where he got his football mannerisms from that he threw out there. Oh, cool. Yeah, he did his research. Wow. And yes, Alan, we talked wow. about this earlier, how this was kind of stemmed from the 1987 NFL strike where replacement players played like a big majority of that season. Oh, yeah. So the movie pretty much starts with, we already talked about Keanu, but then they cut to the stadium, the Washington stadium. And we don't even really know what's going on necessarily. You see the owner up in the booth and then you kind of hear them talking. The strike goes official at whatever time today, pretty much like right after this game is going to happen. And the QB Martell, he's such an asshole. So he gets the hikes, the ball scampers, like he's going to run for a touchdown. They does a little give me give up slide. then like on the one yard line or something, (laughs) the owner's so pissed. Martell, you're a wimp. <laughs> Calls him a pussy, and he <laughs> said I should have went for the touchdown, but he didn't. And then it cuts to the locker room where these guys are pissed. They they just they want more money, and like when they're being interviewed, he's <laughs> I know that five million dollars seems like a lot of money, but then I got to pay ten percent to my agent, ten percent to my lawyer. 15% to my manager. <laughs> and then the one dude comes in and bogards the, the, the <coughs> bogards the microphone. Do you have any idea what insurance costs on a Ferrari, motherfucker? <laughs> Super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What do you think about the way that they were talking during that whole segment? I mean, they're super passionate about the pay and uh, going on strike. It's not authentic to me. That's the thing. These, this is like we said, is a combination of necessary roughness and any given Sunday thing. Mm-hmm. I found that even though it was a mix of the two, I find it, it seemed it was the most realistic out of all both of them. Oh, okay. Because any given Sunday, I liked it, but it, you got to admit it was some, it was a little sensationalized. Yeah. And then necessary roughness seemed kind of opposite of that, and this seems like it's in the middle. Yeah. With a touch of Point Break romance. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that actress, little... Hey, Noble. That actress... Did... Say what's up to everybody, Noble. Hey, what's Noble. Up? I'm not joining the show. Because <laughs> you know what's funny? The demeanor and kind of the look of that actress didn't look that much different 
from the actress on Point Break, his love interest there. It's very really, uh, reminiscent of Point Break. It's a little, it's very similar. Yeah. Kind of almost like uh, you would add a, a Top Gun, you know, Tom Cruise's yep. together with that. You know, the way they do it, you know, she runs a bar. Yep. <laughs> she runs a bar. I've been doing it since I was seven years old. My father ran it. It used to be. I was like, how is she sitting on those bars when she was 12? I didn't get it. It's, oh, okay, her father owned the bar. Yeah, yeah, back when, I mean, they're very, very lenient, you know, with a lot of, a lot of those laws. Because I'm assuming she's somewhere in her late 20s, maybe at that point, maybe early 30s. You right. know, I mean, that's 20-something years ago. I mean, we're talking somewhere in the 70s, more than likely. A lot lenient back then. All right. And so now we get the owner. He calls up none other than Gene Hackman. And we find we find out that Gene Hackman's pretty much been fired by this dude like in the past, but now wants to bring him back. And then <laughs> Gene Hackman says, I'm only going to do this if I get to pick all my own players and I get to run everything my way. I've heard that line before, too. Where did I hear that one before? <laughs> my own players. Yeah. Got but Hackman, the way he does it, like he was so good. But he's good at every movie, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so then... We kind of get the little, like, not a montage necessarily, but what Gene Hackman is talking to the coaches, and he's talking about the guys that he wants to go recruit. And so brings up the players to show the headshot of them. Then they kind of pan to wherever those people are in life at the time. And so the first guy that they bring up, Clifford Franklin, the fastest son of a bitch alive. (laughs) And he's just, you know, a store clerk at, I don't know, like a 7-Eleven or convenience store or something. All these guys are just like normal guys. And that's where he, that's where you guys come into play. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see who, uh, oh, wait, and oh, Danny Bateman. Actually, that was the first guy that they bring up. Daniel Bateman. They knew that he was going to be the heart and soul of that defense. So he said he played some college ball, but then he went back into the, went back into the service and he's on SWAT team and just a crazy badass. And we see that from him. Bro, amazing. <laughs> so funny, man. Like he's such a fucking character in this movie. And um, and then we got the brothers, who is it? Andre and Jamal Jackson, the best guards in the game. All those guys. Faison <laughs> love. Yeah. Faison's always in some cool stuff. So it was cool seeing him in this movie too. And he gets to be like the gangster, you know, out of everybody as well. He's the one. As soon as anything goes wrong, he's ready to pull out the gun and get crazy. Yep. And then the last one that we get is we meet Nigel Gruff, the leg. (laughs) And of course they go to a professional soccer player who has a gambling addiction and you know, he's just owes all these bookies, a lot of drama, but he was always one of my favorite characters because he's just such a savage. Yeah, he came in number two for me. I okay. liked him a lot too. Yeah. I'll say number one was later, but okay. And um and then Shane Falco, they bring up Shane Falco at the end, and then you see Gene Hackman. He's actually gotta go. They show his recruiting trip over there. They don't show the recruiting trip to any of the other players, but Man, he just doesn't, Shane doesn't want any part of this. Like, you really want to be remembered the way that you went out? I just don't even want to be remembered at all. And those guys, I'm sure they, in their mind, they reminisce, man, if I only would have done this differently. Like, for the 
decades later, you know? Yeah. Haunts them, I'm sure. I remember when I did a movie with Dean Cain, right? Huh? It was on Fox, they called The Glow. Mm -hmm. We got talking about his football. He, he has the most interceptions in one game. Okay. He's got the record. I think he got six. Damn. And one, one time he was telling me how he was on the field. He got hit so hard. He, he went off the sidelines. He wasn't sure if he was on the right team or not. Damn. He didn't know where he was or nothing. That's where he was. He didn't know he was at a game. Didn't remember. But he went back and he kept playing. Damn it. I go, what do you do? Like, oh, you just get their adrenaline going. You just, you just don't want to stop playing. He was on defense. Crazy. And so what? Did, when, when did he get the six-interception game? What level was it? He was in D. I don't know. You have to look that one up on, on Google. I think he was – I don't know if it was D2 or D1. We'll go look for this. They say hosting. Oh, I hope it was six. Yeah, double check. It, the, 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 there wasn't three. Hopefully, hopefully they did it times two it by accident. <laughs> we will. Uh, I'm gonna look into this because uh, that's a pretty cool. That's I'll pretty look it up cool. Too. Thing. Yeah. And uh, Alan said, I believe Terry Crews was a replacement player for the Rams in that strike. He said, I might be wrong. That'd be very interesting. If he, yeah, he, he did play football in the NFL briefly. Yeah. I don't know the story though. So. The Gene, Gene Hackman, he has no idea if Shane is actually going to come play or not. It, you know, just ends at a very, you know, standoffish, like, type of, just type of ending to their meeting. And then it just pans to the replacement players being, coming in on the bus for the, for practice, first day of practice. And all the, everyone on strike is just there, all the football players. And boy, are they pissed. <laughs> throwing eggs at the bus coming up and smashing the window yeah. it's funny phase on love he's the first one he pulls out the gun out of the bag i'm gonna get this motherfucker <laughs> they're wild and it was always the funniest to me like after they all get through and nigel the leg he comes back out he's get a job you wankers and runs in they just and then the gate gets slammed and nobody else can get in there yeah, it's good. They all had different reactions of going in. It's almost like they're going into a prison or something. <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah. And that's and why... football stadium. That football stadium, was that the actual Washington Stadium? Yeah, I'm not even sure where they What's filmed the it. in the stadium? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure. That could have been a college stadium for all we know. I mean, it looks good. Like, it looks like it's a real NFL stadium, but yeah, it could be some co random college stadium. Yeah, not even sure. So then we meet more players and we meet, let me see, what is his? I, I'm not even sure the tight end's name. Oh yeah, Brian Murphy. That's what it is. Brian Murphy. He was born, he was born, what do you say? Born deaf. And he would have been a first rounder had he not oh, been, had he not been 86. born deaf. Yeah, number 86. And it was so, a tight end, wasn't it? Yeah. And the coach came over there and he's talked to him. You got the goods, baby. You got the goods. And, you know, they start signing and all that. <laughs> and coach just, just walks away, doesn't even say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk to him. How am I going to communicate with him? It's impossible. Yeah. The like, look on the coach's face was hilarious. <laughs> he was so confused. He's so confused. Oh, here we go. Hey, Dean Kane played captain of the, he was captain of the volleyball team. 
He had 17 offered uh, scholarships, Whew. universities, and played free safety defensive back on the football team where he had a record setting 12, yeah, 12 interceptions in a single season. Okay, I thought it was six in a game of 12 in a single season. It's a lot. Yeah, so that's a record setting. Yeah. If you go on the IMDb, it was me and him. I, I took a photo when we did the film. Uh-huh. It's been on the IMDb for the last 20 years. <laughs> it was me and him. Nice. He's listed at six feet, so he went around the same height. Okay. Or something, but he's a uh, uh, cool dude. He's one, he's one of the best guys to work with in the business, I'll tell you that. That's awesome. Alan said what's interesting in debate is Gene Hackman as a coach in the replacements compared to his role in Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean, Gene Hackman's played some epic coaches. Oh, yeah, I remember him coaching Hoosiers. Hoosiers was a big film, man, when that came out. Heck, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was huge. Let's see. After we meet the tight end, then you meet Earl Wilkinson. (laughs) Comes in and you see the orange jumpsuit, like when you look at his legs and then panning up and pretty much getting released from the, the DOC, the Department of Corrections, and they're releasing him to their custody for him to play football for them. The governor said that it was okay. What'd you, what'd you think about that? Easy peasy, huh? That would be a cool work release program. Yeah. <laughs> and he's there. So they, on... On what's it called? On Wikipedia, they have him listed as a cornerback, but he was playing safety most of the time. And then he even came in in the last game and played running back. Pretty much can play everywhere. And um, let's see. And then, oh man, we meet. Um, they call him Jumbo um, throughout most of the. Uh, oh, the Japanese dude? Yeah, just <laughs> man, he's a savage. It's Big old. Coming in with that belly. Big Big old sumo wrestler. And it's funny. He's all, come come on, coach. Don't say that. (laughs) No, he's not trying to lose weight out there. And he's the one, everyone's doing the little drill where you're, what do they call that? Where you got the guy in the sled or whatever. Yeah. He pretty much, the whole thing just gets thrown over. He's just so much bigger and stronger than everyone they're making him out to be. But that's what they need because he's uh, one of their offensive tackles. So. You're going to need him to block for good old Shane Falco. And how about Nigel just being an asshole <laughs> throughout the whole time? Like, he comes on, he's uh, he's smoking his cig on the field, and then he sees uh, Jumbo, and after he throws him over, he's like, that'll do, pig, that'll do. And he's like, screw you, cockroach. He's like, got to find your dick first, Shamu. <laughs> just being an oh. asshole. And then when he sees Shane, when Shane, spoiler alert, Shane Falco comes and plays. And when he, when he, when he meets Nigel, he's like, hey, Shane Falco, I remember you. Lost a ton of money on that sugar bowl. Sugar bowl. <laughs> so funny. And just talking shays. It was so bad. We could smell the stink all the way back in Wales. <laughs> oh, man. That's Shane Falco's claim to fame. That, that horrible sugar bowl where he lost everybody a lot of money. What up, Joe? I'll heat up a dab here real shortly. I'm like three dabs deep already. Alan said, can you identify the differences in Hackman's approach between the botch coaching roles? He said, I love that nerdy shit. I haven't watched Hoosiers in a, in a few years, so I, I wouldn't even know the differences. We still got a few really good football films we haven't seen. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, you remember the Titans? Heck, yeah. 
then Hoosiers, of course. And there's another one. I don't know. Was Rudy any good? Joe, Mon- Joe Montana actually went to, to school with Rudy at Notre Dame. And he says that that whole thing, it's some Disney made up Fugazi bullshit. And uh, he was like, it was not like that at all. <laughs> okay, we don't have to watch it then. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Montana's word on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. And I have seen it. It's been a super long time, though. But there's one with Mark Wahlberg, Invincible. And it's about the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was kind of, it was during the time when they just sucked. And they had a whole, like, tryout where just, like, average Joes got to try out to be on the team. And the character that Mark Wahlberg's playing, Vince Papali, he he makes the team because he can actually, he's got 4-4 speed or 4-5 speed or something of that nature where he can actually keep up. What position? Wide receiver, but he pretty much only played special teams, though. Like and, a big guy. He's like my size, probably. Yeah, exactly. Smaller. I think he's like 5'9", maybe? Yeah. and five, then, at most? I'm pretty sure. And the guy he was portraying was not a huge guy either. And his claim to fame was getting a punt, like a like a punt return scoop and score. Like it was like a muffed punt or something like that, and he scoop it, scooped it and scored it. He's good good at punt returns, pretty much. He wasn't even the punt returner. He was just on the punt return team where the he was one of the gunners, is what they call it. The guys who just go and they're trying to get the guy on uh, who's receiving the punt. Oh, yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> that was fun. That was the kickoffs and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Now they kind of took that away. Yeah, definitely. Because of injuries and stuff. Yeah. That really slowed the game, man. It makes it less, less exciting. And seeing Joe said, he said that scene where Vince scores the TD, wasn't that like the ball bounced in his hands and he was in the end zone? It was like the way that they portray it in the movie, that's the Hollywood, you know, stuff where he gets it. He's at the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, and, you know, all that. It's in slow motion and everything. And then they show the real play, like, in the credits. And it is something like that. It's where someone hits him, the ball flies out, and, yeah, it's pretty much like bounces, like, to him. And just runs it right in, like maybe five yards or so. Friday Night Lights is another one, too, I heard was good. So I've never seen the movie Friday Night Lights. I've only seen the TV show. So, yeah, that would be interesting to do the movie Friday Night Lights. I believe that's Billy Bob. Is it Billy Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton. Ooh, yeah. Banks a lot said Jerry Maguire would be dope to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's another one, Jerry Maguire. I'd see that again. I never saw that long ago. Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooden Jr. Show me Oh, yeah, great cast. You get the little sound bite already. Oh, yeah. These are the ABCs of me, baby. I do not dance, and I do not start preseason without a contract. Because <laughs> Cuba's not doing films all that much anymore. No, not so much. I mean, now his son's out there doing films. We saw a film with his yeah, son. Yeah, he was recently. in the uh, screen, wasn't he? Yeah, skews in Scream 5 and 6. So pretty cool. Out there carrying on the legacy. So now we get back to practice. And, oh man, Shane Falco actually shows up. And they have him throw one. And he like throws it super far. And it's just, you know, everyone's taking off the helmet. Like, wow, this guy's got an arm. And it's Clifford Franklin running, running, running like he's going to catch it. And then, boom, just runs into a huge offensive lineman or defensive lineman. So even when you think it's about to be like some like real heavy like type of play, you know, still make it okay to laugh. <laughs> he threw it well, so that's all they cared about. Yeah, for sure. 
And so funny, Danny Bateman, he's like Micah Parsons, like out there when he, <laughs> Micah Parsons killing Dak in practice. Yeah, Danny doesn't care. He's, uh, he's playing middle linebacker. Shane gets the ball. There's like literally no offensive lineman. <laughs> and Danny just, boom, just blasted him. <laughs> and as soon as he goes down, he introduces himself. Danny Bateman. <laughs> and Shane's dead. Shane Falco. <laughs> red. You don't hit red. <laughs> yeah. Rah, 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 rah. I just see that red. I want to charge it like a bull, you know? <laughs> yeah, the coach is trying to tell him. And in practice, we don't hit the fellas with the red shirt, Danny. Come on. <laughs> and then the second time when he does it, so fucking funny. Because he smashes him. And Shane's like, got this. His face is all red. And just, he got smashed. And he's like, and he's oh, like, shit. I forgot about the red shirt thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And he was like, come on, man. Let me get you up. Now I'm just going to lie here and collect my thoughts. <laughs> Work shit out. So funny. And that, that correlate, Daniel Bateman, he's one of the, he's one of those guys. If we were doing like an all time, you know, just pick your fictional, pick your fictional character team. He would definitely be on there for me because uh, he would be anchoring a strong defense. Oh, he was the best, man. Hell yeah. And... Yeah, really, like, that's the intro to everybody. And trying to think what else happens after that. I mean, they do their, they got the little, the catered meals or whatever. And that's where, you know, guys are just talking shit to each other. You can tell that there's no, you know, chemistry or anything. No one knows each other. It's literally first day of summer camp almost because everyone's just going to be in this environment. And uh, you're just learning more of the backstories of people as they talk. And you get the uh, the cheerleader tryouts, though. What did you think about the whole, the, the initial cheerleader tryouts? I thought they went on a little long, to be honest with you. It was like, okay, <laughs> I get it, I get it. However, they use the cheerleaders a lot in the movie. Yeah. They're kind of in there a lot. Definitely. So more than what I am, I've seen in other movies. Yeah. But rightfully, so. I see how they use it. It was good. It worked. Yeah. But some of the cheerleaders were pretty sad looking. <laughs> like the first ones like the ones that were you know like they they all had little uh bad cheers they <laughs> all looked a little bit busted in their own right and then uh, the two ladies come in who who are the dancers you know the entertainers over and she was like oh i'm so glad you guys came you guys did cats and <laughs> no 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 pussy cats <laughs> pussy cat dolls or something and she's like, what? Yo, you know the little, the club by the airport, Pussycats? Pussycats, <laughs> yeah. What kind, of, what kind of style is that dance? And she's like, oh, is, is lap dancing a style? <laughs> didn't yeah. matter, though. You hired them, though. <laughs> it didn't matter. Hired on the spot. And uh, so if you got any other ladies, you know, down at the club, would you send them in? Send them my way, she said. And see, I wonder, just because the players were on strike why were the cheerleaders on strike i mean the cheerleaders only get paid like 50 or 75 bucks a game anyways and they're like being paid by the owners they're not a part of a union yeah i don't know i, I didn't pay that much attention to the cheerleaders <laughs> other than the fact i was watching them cheer i didn't know they're on strike and crispy said ass sells yeah that's right all right and then 
I guess one part that I totally skipped over is right when Falco got to practice, the the quarterback and the you know all the guys who were on the picket line, they came over to make sure that they know don't park in any of our spots. And they flipped his whole truck over, and that was definitely going to be a storyline throughout the the rest of this because they really hate those guys, man. They really hate them, that's for sure. You seen anybody getting crazy? With any of the strikes going on, I know there's a lot of different. I haven't been attention. I'm hustling my own thing right now. Yeah, got this food thing. to make, music to compose. Yeah, <laughs> heck yeah! All right, now we get the little backstory on what's her name, Annabelle. She gives Shane a ride home, and she's crazy because she <laughs> she's just driving like a maniac through everywhere. And you find out she's getting a little insider info from, like, other cheerleaders and stuff. And that's, like, kind of cool. Is oh, the cheerleaders talk on huh? this cheerleader network that just gives people, like, info and the lowdown on what's going down with these players. As yeah, always, I, think, I think she also got it because she was known football since she was a kid, too, though, right? Yeah. I thought it was more that than it was because she was a cheerleader. I don't know. I could be wrong. No, it, from that. It is because of that, but when she was giving Shane Falco some advice, she said that someone, like, she was like, someone's broke up with her girlfriend, or he's been on a, on a drinking, like, on a bar stool drinking, you know, for the last week or whatever. He's going to be hungover. And, uh, yeah, it's because... Uh, position, yeah. And it's because one of her cheerleader friends, she said, for the other team, let her know about... Shagging him. No doubt on that. Yeah. yeah. She probably shagging him. And uh, you know what? I think this is a good time to wrap up Act 1 because as soon as we come back, we're going to be getting into the very first game that these Washington Sentinels play. So, Nelson, why don't you remind everybody where to find you at? Yeah, Nelson Ties on YouTube. You find my demo reels, some acting paraphernalia. <laughs> Instagram, Nelson Ties underscore. Instagram. Those are the two main things I use. I'm on Facebook, but I log in once every four months. That's not really my forum. So Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. And then make sure you go over and subscribe to the podcast, the fantasy football hustler podcast. Go subscribe to the silver screen breakdowns podcast on Apple, everywhere that you get your podcasts and yeah, make sure you subscribe to the silver screen breakdowns, YouTube channel as well every time you see a video get posted go hit the and uh, go turn on the notifications over there all right and uh, we'll see i bet bogey will be back for act two and we will see you there for act two later peace out This ain't a dream, we really live this shit Don't intervene, yo, we with this shit That's where the most high, we the most lit